You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. This week's show, we're going to be talking to Paul from Coco. Oh, I've messed it up already. Coco Cabana. <laughs> I said too many Copa Bananas before to put myself off. So, this is Paul from Coco Cabana. Yes, I got it right. Did I get it right, Paul? We could, you got it right. We could just do it in song. Coco, Coco Cabana. We could just do it that way. Yeah. Do you want to start again? Do you want to sing the song at the beginning, Dan? Uh, no, it's okay. All right, we'll carry on then. Hi, Paul. You'll uh, you'll get the message. We're we're pretty um, professional on this podcast, so we we like to get everything nailed perfectly first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, I first met Paul when I was at the Spoga show last year and saw the product and thought it looked awesome and thought, oh, we need to get you on the show to talk about it sometime. And it's taken us a while to get round to it, but. I've actually had some of the products last week and I've started to see quite a few people actually in the UK now using this product. So it's great that it's getting out there a lot more. So if we thought it'd be great to get you on, talk about it, talk us about the sustainability, talk everything about it. So Paul, just start off by telling us like what got you into this in the first place. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I was... 30, 30 odd years in finance and then suddenly a light went on in my head that I needed to do something a little bit different. Um, that different really had to involve something to do with the environment and I kind of made a contact with a chap in India. Um, I was a, a hobby barbecuer at the time uh, using briquettes in a, in a, in a Weber kettle um, and uh, he had an idea that he could bring a coconut shell um, grill briquette. In fact, he was bringing it only for the local market um, and we evolved it, you know, we developed it. And uh, I said, listen, this is too good for the local market. Um, you need to bring this into the European and American markets. And that's what we've set out to do, basically. Um, 
the the added bonus there was that uh, it, it clipped my um, environmental side because uh, we're able to produce renewable energy while we're making the briquettes. Um, so that basically we create the gas with gas is converted to energy and the energy is then pumped into the uh, into the Indian grid. Um, so that was kind of the the win win for me. Um, on the on the, on the briquette side, I'm fairly passionate about displacing as much of this um, African, South American uh, wood that's coming into the grill market. I'm not overly concerned with the really, truly certified stuff, um, but that's been proven to be a little bit problematic last year. Um, but I am I'm passionate about displacing some of the stuff that's on the, on the filling stations that uh, uh, has been brought to us by probably some child labor. Uh, definitely some tropical forest has come down for it, and that's something I feel that we ought to not be doing, not to grill a steak, not to do anything um, recreational, basically. Yeah. You're probably, like, in, I guess, in our audience, you may be, like, preaching to the converted a bit, I guess, because probably everyone who listens to our podcast knows how passionate that Dan and I are about good quality charcoal and sustainable charcoal, and we, we often be talking to people about that, and... I think we've really seen that real upward trend in people caring about where their food comes from, but also now caring about where their fuel comes from. So I think that it is a good thing. But like you said, there's still too much of this charcoal for the public and the uneducated that are see. <laughs> I'm not uneducated in the whole world, but uneducated in the world of charcoal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that are just going to pick up a bag of whatever it is from a supermarket and not really have any idea like what the story is. So I think that is like, a great thing to be doing. So just take us back to this kind of the fact that when you're generating... Oh, so you're no, ma- sorry, before we move on, but... What is difficult with that is that obviously you, you, you said it's, it's, it's on the, the the car garage forecourts. It's in the supermarket shelves. It's, it's really difficult to get someone to stop paying four ninety nine for ten kilos of charcoal that's filled with chemicals if they don't know it. Do you know what I mean? We, it's it's difficult getting the message out of why they shouldn't be buying that. I, I think there's some some consumer guidance is required. Um, there's a responsibility not only to the consumer but also to the people that allow the imports in the first place. Um, the certain certain products are, are restricted, nothing to do with the charcoal market. But if there was a bit more surveillance, if there was a bit more attention to what is in fact going on, yeah. Uh, and, and nowadays there is enough publicity uh, about what is going on. Um, last year, I think there were early this year, in fact, there were articles circulated around Europe, including the UK, about the um, degradation of the forests and about the child labour, and even to a small degree hinting at the funding of this uh, Nigerian terrorist group um, through the charcoal industry. I mean, you know, this is the, 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 these things are out there, and we as consumers probably don't get enough information. Yeah. Um, so I think more information should be demanded on the bags. Um, yeah, I just think nowadays like, the way that the way that people are going in general, the way the general public's going, if if they were educated on these. Even these minor facts we've just brought up in the first five minutes—that it would be a, it'd be a no-brainer for most people. I think. I, th- I think price, price is um, a very important point for probably seventy-five percent of the grill community. Um, we we all like to feel as though we're getting a good deal, and it it, it always feels easier to pick something up ten kilogram four ninety-nine than ten kilograms sort of nine ninety-nine or whatever. Um, 
and it it, it can't work that way. Um, no. It, no, they pick the bag up. They 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 know that it's going to go in their grill, and they have probably a disappointing outcome when uh, when when they when they when they try to turn the grill on, or the, the grill will go on, but with because of the chemicals. But you know, are they really aware of what's in there? Probably not. I mean. It's it's clear instant light charcoal should, you know, frankly, in my opinion, doesn't need. It's no longer necessary. There's plenty of proper ways to light a charcoal that doesn't take that long. Um, yeah. So instant light charcoal, frankly, in my world, doesn't have a uh, doesn't have a role to play. Um, but no. it's about transparency. Yeah, and and on the on the note of the the price point thing, I mean, I think that links a lot to what Ben is about to ask is about talking about the whole process. That goes into Coca Cabana, for instance. So, sorry, Ben, I interrupted you mid-flow. Do you want to ask the question you were you were heading for? Well, I don't want to, in case it's not the question you're thinking I'm asking now. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> no, I was just I was interested to to hear about the the whole process of making the charcoal because I, mm-hmm. I as I kind of saw it, I thought this was a sustainable product because of the ingredients that are being used in it. But that whole story, the fact that you're generating energy from even making it makes it a double win to me, doesn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, charcoal has been produced for thousands of years. If we, if we didn't have charcoal, we never would have had iron and steel. Uh, and if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have had the bronze age. Um, so it kind of charcoal goes back that far. And really charcoal is still being produced in the same way as it was be produced in the bronze age. Um, there are two very dirty ways of doing it. You dig a hole in the ground, you stick some air vents into the bottom of it, you pile in whatever you want to burn, and uh, you set it alight. You cover up the hole, and the minimal oxygen that you allow in allows for the um, carbonization. The other dirty way of doing it is to pile up all, and this is probably the African and um, African and South American way. You pile up the um, you pile up the wood um, in in in, in, in a, <laughs> Um, you cover that pyramid with mud. Um, you set the bottom alight uh, with a few burning um, branches, and then you limit extensively the um, the oxygen flow. Um, two days later, you come back, take the mud off, and there's charcoal. What the problem with all of that is is that um, everything goes up into the sky. All of the emissions go up into the sky, and although you think you're burning a dry piece of wood, you're not the liquids go down into the ground. So the groundwater is totally um, totally saturated with um, uh, whatever liquids do come out. And I can assure you there is quite a lot of liquids that do come out. Um, broadly speaking, you get um, a one-third rule. Uh, you get one-third gas. So CO2, methane, hydrogen, and so forth is released into the atmosphere. You get the charcoal, which is what we're aiming at. And you get liquids, and liquids will form probably one-third, and they will disappear into the ground. What we're doing, we don't use the ground um, for, for, for our coconut shell. Um, we use a pyrolysis reactor, which basically we, we take the um, shells, roughly five centimeter grow, uh, big, um, up to the top. They go in the top. There's a drying, there's a drying phase of about one hour. And then they're released into the pyrolysis chamber where they're effectively cooked rather than burnt. Um, and then they can pass through another air gap and um, out through the um, airflow and come out as uh, carbonized uh, shells. Still in the form of the shell, effectively. The shape it goes in is the shape it comes out, just much lighter because the gas and the liquid has been effectively 
I'll use the word sucked out, um, uh, but that's that's exactly what it is. What happens is the gas, we, we capture the gas around about the 300 uh, degrees um, mark. Um, that gas goes through a couple of cooling systems. The condensation is the liquids and we harvest the liquids. Um, I don't want to go too much into the liquids, but we're, we're researching them as a biopesticide, basically. Um, so they could actually be a third product coming out of the um, one single shell um, import. Um, yeah, the gas needs a bit of cleaning, and then we pump it through. A, actually, we're pumping it through a um, an old shipping uh, generator, which we got from uh, a very large shipyard in India. Um, but then onward, it, it will then uh, be pumped into the grid as renewable energy. Amazing. Uh, um, you know, there are people producing coconut shell um, charcoal is not a new thing. Um, the Indians have been using it since the day dot. Indonesia, Thailand, they still cook on coconut shell before carbonization. Um, the, uh, there are a few products that are coming through, and, I, you know, I would support them to a certain degree, but they, um, they perhaps shouldn't describe themselves entirely as, uh, as coconut shell, although they are coconut shell, in fairness. They're probably using some weaker products, um, some depleted carbon coming out of the activated carbon industry, um, which is not what we're um, looking to do with our uh, premium products. Yes, I, I, I don't know. If, I, I live over in uh, Southeast Asia, and uh, I'm actually seeing a massive rise in rec the recycling of coconuts, basically. The amount of products that are being made out of coconuts just is is everywhere and they're really really pushing it over here just because of uh the generalized amount of of waste that's being produced over here so it's really interesting to, to hear oh it's always been something this this uh sort of tweaked my my interest back home I'd, i've used coconut charcoal in the past quite a lot uh i've obviously i've not tried your product yet but i'm sure when i the uk I, I will i will get some but it all sounds absolutely amazing. I've not, I've not heard of when you hear about coconut charcoal being sustainable. The fact that it's it's using a waste product, but the fact that you are really going like full circle and the whole process potentially even more so with the gases could be uh, is is just a complete sustainable business. Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, we, we're lucky that we've got the reactor. Um, we developed it. Pyrolysis, the process itself, is not new. Um, but um, the way we do it with our reactor is relatively new. Um, not many people are able to harvest the gases and use them. Um, I'm pretty sure very few people are harvesting the liquids and being able to use them. Um, what, you know, what comes out is a, effectively a very high fixed carbon um, content uh, charcoal, which the, the, the qualities of... Coconut charcoal, in, in essence, are high fixed carbon, so that gives you your longer burning time and a cleaner burning time, low volatiles uh, and, and a low ash content. Um, a lot of people say that you know, with all those three things in line, you have quite a difficulty um, to, to light them. Well, we quote 20 minutes on the, um, on, on the, on the advertising and the, and the, and the packaging, um, but we, you know, we qualify that by saying it, it is best to use a chimney but then you try them over the weekend in your Kamado and you found no 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 problems lighting them without the chimney. Yeah. Um, and, you yeah. know, I, I, I've done that as well. Um, but, you know, people want to have convenience. Um, so we've tried to deliver them a level of convenience at a what we consider to be a fair price. 
Um, and uh, almost certainly the quality will be better than um, a lot of products that are out there on the street. Yeah. So what, what else goes into a briquette other than the coconut shell? Well, we, 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 we're using coconut shell and we use, I think, um, depending, depending on the season because of the moisture content in the air, we use between uh, one and a half and three percent of potato starch as a binder. Mm-hmm. And that goes in at the pre-press stage. Um, so we, we effectively, we're, we're taking the, the shell, we grind it down to powder. Um, we mix that then with the, with the potato starch in powder form. Some water goes in. Um, we mix it up. It goes into the presses. It comes out the presses and then goes through two drying stages. One is a, a containerized blown air dryer. Um, which incidentally, um, we're working on using the heat from the reactor to actually dry the briquettes in the in the container, um, the the process the process heat, um, and then the out of the container and they're put for um, forty eight hours into a a poly house. Um, if you know anything about Indian temperatures, the outside of the poly house could be thirty degrees. The inside will be anywhere between forty five and sixty degrees, and uh, that that then finishes the product basically. Awesome. So, so it's completely organic. There's no uh, unnatural things going to it. No, no. Um, it's even, it's even vegan. Uh, you vegan. can say that. <laughs> yeah. no, to be honest, I've eaten the damn thing. I've, I've chewed on some charcoal as an advert for someone. Mm. Um, How was it? But people, people were saying, um, you know, you can use this to clean your teeth. I said, yeah, well, you can, but not in the briquette form. <laughs> not going to do a great deal for you in briquette form. Do you remember that challenge, the like the cinnamon challenge where people were just putting a big dessert spoon of uh, yeah. cinnamon in their mouth? This could be the new challenge, the, yeah. the, the briquette the, challenge. challenge. Yeah. The, American, the Americans do it in, in tablet form anyway already, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be anything um, uh, life-threatening. I'm not right. sure about the cinnamon, but the uh, charcoal wouldn't be life-threatening. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask what your background is? Because obviously the whole process is extremely scientific and... Uh, You've you've developed a lot of it as as a company yourselves. Uh, what is your background? Nothing to do with this, that's for sure. I was a broker in um, in the financial markets um, for thirty okay. odd years, and uh, I just, well, I mean, I was lucky enough to hook up with my partner in India. Um, I, I ironically through uh, through LinkedIn, invested in the company, and then took a more hands on role um, trying to develop the um, European and uh, international markets. Yeah. So did you did you go into it the passion of barbecue or was it a uh, looking for a business and looking for something sustainable and and this is something you came across or yeah I was def- I was definitely looking for the sustainable side um, I was familiar with the, the process of paralysis through another investment um, and I was familiar with charcoal going into the ground um, what that can do for the world in terms of CO two reduction. Um, I wasn't. I mean, I was an avid barbecue, not not never never guru hobbyist. Um, I had more more kit than I needed, and uh, I was always in search of something good. And at that time, I don't believe there was coconut uh, shell uh, briquettes around. Um, but yeah, I mean, the driving force for me was the, the the environmental side. And and then, as I say, we we were on our way to the factory, and we had this light light bulb moment. Um, you know, the quality. He was talking to me about the. The parameters of the charcoal that he was producing. I said, "Well, you know, hang on a sec. This is this is better charcoal than it's available in Europe. It's totally sustainable, and Europe's starting to go a bit green." 
we need to we need to think about this. Um, and then another light bulb went on. I said, so so what what are you doing with the gas? And he said, well, we burn it. I said, why do you burn it? I said, well, because they haven't got a generator. Um, I said, is that the only thing we need? Because uh, I'm not technical in this. Way. He is. He's very technical. And I yeah. said, well, if that's all you need, then surely we should be moving the business towards um, generating power, selling the product into Europe to displace wood that's coming out of Africa. Um, sounds like a CO2 neutral be- uh, minimum, probably even CO2 negative story, which mm-hmm. is where we are. It's amazing. Mm. So when we did touch on it earlier, but I don't think we really talked properly about it, was like price point was like something we said was really key for people. So what are we saying? Because of these kind of charcoal briquettes on the market, like they're not ridiculously expensive, but they've they've been quite expensive in the past compared to the stuff you're seeing at the petrol station. Like, how does your product compare in pricing? Like, is that process that you're doing? of an expensive process to create these briquettes what one of the things that is one of the things is expensive is maintaining good packaging for the european markets um one of the other things that are expensive and it's a it's a big variable is in fact the cost of shells um there there are more than one buyer for the shells um we have to compete effectively with the activated carbon industry um and that's the same for the indonesians and that's the same for the um for the thailand uh, market and philippine um, we're all competing for a, a relatively, it's a very large but finite supply of coconut shell. And they're, and they're a big and sometimes aggressive buyer. Um, so that, 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 that can push the price up. And when I see what happened in 2017, where actually the price of coconut shells in India and Thailand, so I assume Indonesia and Philippines as well, was driven up double, um, yet there were cheaper coconut shell products coming to the market. I suddenly realized it, it dawned on me that they're all using um, a portion of the mix will be the depleted powders coming out of the activated carbon industry. Um, so for us, a price point, I, I look, there, there are a couple of big brands out there. We all know them. Um, many of us, many of us use their equipment and I think their equipment is fantastic. Um, that's where I think my price should be. I want to, I want to compete with what's regarded as the, the go-to briquette Um but be coconut shell, be sustainable, and and, and have a bloody good story behind it. Yeah, um, yeah. If you know, I, I'm not a person that believes there should be a green premium. Um, those that apply a green premium, their their argument is always, well, no one will believe it's green if it's not expensive. I think those days have gone. I think yes. we're we're all we're all a bit conscious of uh, uh, improving our lifestyles without necessarily depleting the planet. Um, so I think you know people are looking for green products, and I, I want to be—I I want to give the consumer almost the simplest of choice, or even zero choice. It's—it's it's a high-quality product. It's the right price, and it's got a good story. Pick this bag up, not the one next year that you always pick up. That—that's kind of the marketing attitude. Yeah, it's good, great. So now going on to like actual use, it is the kind of designed use purely aimed at people using it for barbecue or is there like other people that are using this charcoal to power their fires in the house like what's is there other uses for it It, it, it's a very interesting point um we're not wood and we're not mineral so we couldn't get for example the heater certificate so that people could actually put it in their fires having said that it would probably still because coal is subsidized 
and wood is very cheap, it probably couldn't come at a price point that people would make that conscious decision. Um, but there was a bit of lobbying going on that said, you're not mineral carbon, so you can't be classed, classed as a coal. And you're not wood because you don't have any wood. Um, so you kind of fall between the gap and we can't certify, which for me is a, is a big shame. Yeah. Um, so <coughs> in Europe, at least, is where we're aiming. I mean, you, you're probably also familiar with the shisha market. The shisha market is also... Uh, competes for the coconut shells. Um, the, the shisha product uh, is pure coconut shell um, at, at its very highest uh, level. Um, but you know that, that's a much smaller market in, ter- in terms of tonnage than what's you know, being imported as what I consider to be um, poorly produced or poorly sourced um, charcoal that's coming into the European and, the, and UK markets. Yeah. So my, my next question, and I, I, I've only... I've only used the product once so far and had great experience with it. And but my my thing that I can't really comment on at this stage, but something that's always been important to me is for me, like using lump wood charcoal is has been about more than just like the fuel. Like it's a flavour for me. So like where do you stand on like what sort of flavour do we get from a coconut briquette? Um, well, is, is it like using wood charcoal or or are you I not think, really using it for smoking food? Is it purely a heat source? No, I, I think um, it, it, it's twofold. It, it does have um, a nutty aroma. That, it, I mean, you, you probably stuck your nose in your Kamado. Um, and, and <coughs> or no, that, that, that's what I want. But, it, but it, 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 it's, it's quite short-lived. Um, the, the, the smell is quite short-lived, um, and I think what we prefer to, uh, to advertise it as is as a, as, a, as a premium heat source, where people can effectively dial in what flavours they want to put into their foods: um, apple, cherry, mesquite, or whatever. Um, I, I also think it's a bit of a myth that lumpwood carries the smell of the wood distinctly. Um, I think that I think that's a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a misnomer. Um, if the wood is not carbonized correctly, then I would take my words back. Um, if the wood is properly carbonized, then theoretically all of those aromas and everything ought to be out and you should just be left with as much fixed carbon as, as is possible. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a silly question here? What, what is coconut shell? Because is, is it wood? Is it actually wood or is it like something different? Um, if you drill it, it feels like wood. It's actually the um, it's shells like what's around your walnut. It's yeah. you know it, it, it's. But then I started thinking the minute like like it's a shell. It's not like like what is it like? I don't know. That's probably just a weird question. I was just started thinking about. It. Sorry. <laughs> well, you you, you get. Um, I mean, there's many parts to the coconut. The the bit that we're all used to in Europe is the brown hairy thing with the white stuff in the middle. Um, yeah. which you shove, you shove a nail through, uh, drink the liquid, crack it open, and then struggle to get the coconut out, basically. That, that's kind of our thing at the fairground. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and, then also, make, and then make a bra out of it. Exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, the, the, the other thing is, you know, when you're on some exotic beach, Copacabana or whatever, um, you might get served a drink with a straw in it. Um, and that's a big green thing or a yellow thing, and that's also the coconut shell. That's yeah. predominantly the outside <laughs> is classified as the husk, 
and that brown bit that we're used to hasn't even grown yet. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's still that that's that, that's a young coconut, and most of the time you get them served on the beaches because they don't want them falling on your head. Yeah, in this uh, in this world of high insurance and uh, lawsuit claims. Yeah, I mean that, that's probably the most popular coconut I see over here is the young coconut. That's yeah. what everyone used to be drinking around and stuff. And you know, it's just a random question. I was just thinking, like, why actually is it? I guess, I guess. But that was it. Sorry. Uh, I've got my new idea for Dragon's Den now. We do use the coconut uh, husk as well. Um, it, it, it forms part of the shell. The, the 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 highest percentage of all is the is the coconut is the brown shell, um, but in order to get a smoother finish to the uh, to the briquette, we will uh, we will use some husk as well because you get a finer powder with that. Mm. I'm giving away all my secrets here. Yeah, because yeah. say I've got my idea for Dragon's Den now. I'm going to go in there with, with a little little home home kit where you can make your own out of leftover pistachio nut shells. Uh, you can certainly uh, the, all, all the nuts. It's a good it's a good business idea. I'm probably a little bit ahead of the curve on that one, but okay. you know, go do ahead. I, do you want to invest? <laughs> if you want to buy our reactor, we'll handle your pistachio shells. Sweet, I've got like a bag that I'm about to eat for lunch. All oh, right, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> when you get, when you get up to the seven tons, you let me know. <laughs> right, crack on. <laughs> let me you personally. I mean, your nut shells. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna take a lot. You want to get in touch with Raffles in Singapore when they reopen the the long bar? They throw the monkey nuts on the floor, and there's a a load of those. I wonder if you can use monkey nut shell. I mean, it, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out where a lot of nut shell does exist. I mean, obviously the coconut shell market is one. Um, and you know, listen, I I do plan, and I promise you, this is going to happen in the not too distant future, i.e., this year. There will be a product coming to the market that is going to address the problems on the filling court. Um, and the problems in all the all the supermarkets at the two ninety nine three ninety nine bracket, and it won't be cannibal, cannibalizing my own market with Coca Cabana. Um, it um, once you understand the process, once you understand how to make a briquette properly, you've then really only got to open your eyes as to what's available and what you can use and what should have a high fixed carbon content to mm. make the briquette. Um, so. Enough on that. Watch this space, but there will be um, something coming out fairly shortly. Exciting! Wow, that's a big cliffhanger. Yeah, it is a big cliffhanger um, because I'm 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 heavily reliant on Indian shipping, but the product is made, and it will be coming. Amazing! Exciting! Let's get you on for a part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're literally on the half hour mark, so you've you've timed that little cliffhanger perfectly. So right. to be cool. continued. <laughs> indeed. indeed yeah no, i mean look you, you can clearly hear i'm very proud of what we've done and, and, and how we're doing things um but um it's got to sell um i've got one dealer in in um in in, in england right now who's um going to be um brave in the waters um can i mention him yeah yeah it's uh you probably know him anyway it's steve at smoke rig um tbbq.co.uk um so he's um, he's he's uh, he's undertaking the um, the storyline because I'm I'm based in Germany. So uh, and and very shortly, possibly, I'm 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 permanently based in Germany. <laughs> Perfect. So he'll be he's the contact for now. If anyone wants to try it out, you need to go to tbbq.co.uk, and it's 
Coco Cabana Grill Briquettes. Uh, give them a, give them a try and let us know what you think of them. Um, I've been happy with them so far, and like everyone will know that I'm against kind of briquettes being used in the Camado, as is nearly everyone. But in terms of the reasons for that, is around the kind of non-natural and yeah. chemicals and all the stuff that goes with it. So I've happily used Pro-Q's Coco Shell briquettes before in it, and I've now used the Coco Cabana briquettes in it. Those are the only briquettes I have ever used in it, um, but they've worked perfectly in it. They've no, there's no restriction of airflow that's happened from it. So, yeah, highly recommend giving it a go. And I'm going to try it out a bit more and see what we can go with the with the smoky flavors about it all because that's what I'm trying to find out from it next. I think, like you said, for me there was there was a quite a bit of smoke when we first lit it and started, and you can see smoke coming from it then, but within half an hour though that was gone away really and it was purely a heat source so at that point we were just getting smoke from the chunks of wood that i was adding to the tomato mm. sounds good so let's give it a go keep all right up, keep up the good work and we look forward to seeing your next exciting venture yeah thanks a lot guys cheers mate thank, you, soon. thank you ciao, ciao. Bye. bye you're listening to united q podcast We're brought to you by Pro-Q, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. Pro-Q's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermopen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermopen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent.